Welcome everybody. Welcome to Essential Workers. I'm here with my friend Randy, and Randy has been a friend for maybe a year now, or a couple of years. I can't remember when we first met, but it, we first met at a one of the local meetings that I host. Host, uh, I call them ET disclosure and contact and discussion meetings at a local library monthly. And Randy showed up and just had some amazing stories. And I want to first say that Randy is not, you know, completely unique or special because there's lots of people like Randy out there who have wild contact stories. That are you know hard to wrap your head around but you know when we have open meetings and we can talk about it we kind of put the puzzle pieces together everyone has a different piece of the puzzle and so um i also want to say that randy did not ask to be interviewed i reached out to him i thought this would be fun i don't think randy has any agenda there's not not trying to get his name out there or face out there this is just a really interesting set of stories that are really nice to to let people hear about it's the, that's the way i feel about it at least um and another thing i want to say is that if anything that we talk about today brings up fear in anybody. I want you to like take a step back and 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 reevaluate because we're not here to to spread any kind of message of fear around anything that's going on. And this is a really big, crazy, complex uh, game of our reality that is being played by both positive and negative entities. I just, that's why I feel about it. And so, um, yeah, just just use your own discernment about, about everything, and feel free to question everything that we're saying. And uh, realize that we could be wrong about things, and you know we have our own interpretations. We might we might be wrong about our interpretations. It's very easy to be you know wrong about things in this in this reality where we're very very limited in our awareness. Um, so um, yeah, I guess that's the main thing I wanted to share. Um, and so uh, Randy, I, I want to give you a chance now to share. Um, you know, so uh, do you feel like your life has been normal in any way? <laughs> well, what is normal? You know. Uh -huh. um this is a weird experience you know just being a being a human what is this you know what is this existence what are we you know i don't think anybody has those answers you know uh look at look at the state of the world today it's like what, what is normal you know has there ever been such a thing I don't, I don't know yeah so so give us an overview like how much contact experiences have you had in your life how much paranormal experiences have you had how many ufos have you seen that kind of thing so Contact stuff for me, it it's like it, it was a more of a thing that happened when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. I feel like it was pretty consistent. Um, it also came with the I don't know if it was uh, their ability to to like erase your memory of of the events or you know I don't know if that's part of it to allow you to kind of like you know set you free back into the world and as a test group you know to to so that you're not tampered with, that you can re-enter into the world without, you know, being, you know, fearful or damaged or anything like that. I feel like the experiences were, I don't want to say positive or negative, you know, it was like necessary, I would say, more of like maybe from a scientific perspective of, you know, keeping track, monitoring certain members of society as like a test, you know, just like a, you know, uh, just to keep tabs on us as a species, or if if certain one of us are chosen ahead of time. Um, I know that my experience started from even before I was born. You know, I, I, I was able to remember things from even before I came into this, this incarnation, I guess you'd say. Um, 
So, I mean, I think the experience is ongoing. Um, it's not necessarily something I can control or, or, you know, I can't like, you know, call aliens or anything like that, but I feel like they're always there. Um, they, they, they said that they would always be there, not far away. So, um, that all started at a young age. All right. So let's, let's, we can go back into your birth stuff and in prior incarnations later, maybe. And we'll start with, let's, I want to know, like, what are your earliest memories of sort of having weird experiences in your bedroom or on spaceships or anything like that? Uh, yeah. So, um, well, it was always like my individual, what I would say, I call my, like missions, mm -hmm. um, from being very young during my sleep, you know, um, leaving the body, you know, like we would call astral projection today, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, and there's those experiences. Then there are also the experiences where, I don't know if it was like as a cost of this, where there would be a physical um, aspect to that, where they would come and, you know, maybe take me out you know, physically and, and test and take samples and stuff like that and just keep tabs on me, you know, maybe, you know, I don't, I don't know. It was more of a scientific aspect from their point of view. Um, so that, like I said, let's, let's start with the astral stuff. Um, so what, give us some more uh, specifics of what you, what you experienced. So I wasn't, I was real little. It was like bedtime was always hard. You know, my parents, they couldn't get me to go to, it was like, I feared, I always feared, hated going to sleep. Um, for me, it was like, you know, going to work, you know, it was like, I'd wake up exhausted. Um, and the whole process was like, not something I feared, but just something I didn't look forward to. I try to avoid, you know, put off to the last minute. So, um, but it was like, when I would go to bed, it would stay, close my eyes to go to sleep. It was like, I would always hear like a, almost like a shovel, like digging. And it would like almost put me into a trance. And then, you know, as I'm slipping into sleep, I remember I would always feel like my body was floating, like, like my body would float above my bed. And I always remember thinking, if I open my eyes right now, I know I'm going to be an inch from the ceiling. And then that would be my last memory. And then, and I would leave, you know, and now old, as I'm older, I've done the research. I know that's like an astral projection type of an event. Um, and then it would pretty much, from my memory, it would pretty much be blank. But after this happening so many times, I remember in the process wanting to remember like, like, have you ever tried to remember what it feels like to fall asleep? And you try to like put yourself in a repetition, like, okay, tonight I'm going to try to remember tomorrow. I'm going to try to, and then every night you try to remember. And eventually you start getting little pieces. I call that like leaving myself breadcrumbs. So like, what's happening? Like, where am I going? And I started to get, be able to remember things of what was happening from that moment where I would feel like I'm touching the ceiling to then all of a sudden I'm gone. And I started leaving myself what I call mental breadcrumbs to remember when I woke up, what's going on? You know, why do I feel like this? You know, this is like a very young age. So what I today still have memory of is it was almost like um, if you were around in like the 80s or 90s, there was a show it was called Quantum Leap, where the, this person would like disappear from their life and their reality. And they would appear like an incarnation into someone else in order to change the timeline of events or influence certain things to happen that maybe didn't happen and were supposed to. Um, and there was always like a being, I think it was like a, like 
it was some being that he talked to in the show that was like had like a mastermind ability over it all who knew where to send him and why and had this this giant plan and he didn't the the, the actor didn't know or understand any of it but he knew that he had a mission and he knew he had to finish it well this is what i this is what was happening to me it was like i when i would go to sleep i would leap out of my body and i would go into these experiences on this world off this world and it was what i can make of it is that i was living through these other things in order to change some grand timeline of events and i started leaving myself you know these breadcrumbs because after every mission it was like it all ended the same way it would like like i would do this thing and it was like sometimes it felt like i was living like a whole lifetime in this period of me just my body here sleeping and my soul my spirit would travel out and incarnate something else and it was like I don't know if time was different where I was going or what, but it was like sometimes it felt like I was living a whole life and being this other person, this other being, and then I would come back into, into, into this body and I'd wake up exhausted, you know, and all that. But I started leaving myself these mental breadcrumbs of you have to remember this, you have to remember this. And that's when I started to remember that the last part of this experience was always the same. So I would do this mission and then I would have to report the, you know, the results of the mission. It was like um, I had to like, like upload or download the experience from myself to this, this, it was like a council. Okay. So it was like, it was like I would come in from my experience into this large, huge, like marble room with pillars, green marble. And there would always be at the way at the end, a giant marble table, long flat table. And there would be these beings and they were all like different beings. And it was always an odd number of beings. If it was 11 or five or seven. It was always an odd number. And what I would have to do is I would have to report, you know, the, the conclusion of my mission or, you know, my accomplishments or my failure. I'd have to enter this room. And in the middle of the room was a giant circle. And I would have to walk into the circle and kneel down on one knee, put my head down, and I don't, they would like extract the experience from me and then wipe my memory of it and then shoot me back to my body. And I wake up, you know, and this all happened when I was a little kid. So I didn't really know what was going on. You know, it was just, I'd just wake up and, you know, I'd always just want to go to nature and, and, you know, all that and forget about it all. But I think this was even before school started. So, you know, I was little at the time. You're thinking um, younger than five is when you first had these memories? Yeah. Yeah, it was definitely before school even started. And did you have any positive or negative feelings about these people? And what do they look like? So it's it's these, so the beings in the room, is that what you mean? Yeah, yeah. They, they were all different. It was like, um, they were all different. It was like, there was tall like real tall gray skinny one with like gold like i don't want to say armor but like like a almost like an orb thing around there was um there was definitely like a being that was like a like a vortex like a like a void like an energy like a you know like a, looked like a portal or something and there was like a real little one and it was it was all different there was like a human looking one with like a like a receding hairline, like hair on the side. 
um yeah it was it was it was all it's like every it was almost like they weren't they had nothing to do with one another except they were all sitting at the table whether or not they were all like um i feel like they were all like ambassadors from maybe like different sectors or, or space or something and did they did they ever have any interactions with you did you have any feelings about them it was always telepathic from what i remember it was always like um I remember like getting busted, like trying to tell myself, you will remember this. You will remember this. Like before I walk into the, the circle and I remember like hearing them in my head, like the voice of one, it was like, like he knew what I knew what I was doing and knew it was wrong. Like they were, they knew what I was up to, but they allowed me to anyways. Like they didn't think I had the power to do it or they wanted to see if I could do it or, huh. you know, it was like kind of like that. And um, so it, you kind of developed a little relationship over time. It was they were this relatively the same entities over time. Do you think? Yeah, I think it was the same ones. Not sure if they were all all always there, but like I said, it was always an odd number. And it was they were all like, like they were so far away. It was like there was I don't. It was like um, <laughs> you know what it reminds me of was like the Jedi Council in Star Wars. Mm -hmm. That's what if like seeing that movie, it was like, oh, it was like I, that, that's familiar to me. You know, I like I know what that's all about. Um, yeah, this that obviously didn't come out till you know I was in high school. But yeah, it was like um they were, I don't know what <laughs> it was like they're like my bosses or, or what, you know. I was a little kid, so um yeah, it was and, and so the missions that you were beginning were things where you were going out in the astral they weren't missions on earth or was it like they thought you had missions on earth too so the the missions themselves it was it's just like um it's it's more of like a feeling like of time past that i, I can retain um specifics i don't have like they definitely took all of that when they took the you know when i did the upload download thing they, they would take all that that's gone um but like it's more of like like ages spent you know, that I feel like the year, like the time was like, you know, like I've spent time other places. Like I'm not just my age. Do you know what I mean? Like I've, I've done service for these, these beings. Um, but the breadcrumbs was always when I was entering the room, telling myself, you will remember, you will remember, you will remember. And that's what I remember is entering that room and, and seeing that in that room in that council. That's like, I, that's in there. I could see that's like, you know, that room, that marble, you know, it was, which is, you know, and I just want to say this too. I grew up down the street from Our Lady of, of Victory in Lackawanna, New York, the giant church, the big basilica. And I remember walking in there and seeing that marble. And it was like, I don't, you know, I don't, it's, it's like, I don't know if it was a different dimension. I don't know if it was another planet. I don't, I don't know. You know, like I said, I was a little kid. You're saying that the church reminded you of a, a different place. Yeah. Like, I don't know if it was maybe another marble room in the same place in a different parallel dimension, you know, or if there's like a ley line of energy where it's the same and even in different dimensions or something. You know, this is just me. I'm just guessing here. But seeing all that marble, it was like, <laughs> it's like. So maybe we we could jump forward a little bit now and um, share with us more about um, 
some of the more contact significant contact experiences you've had that were very weird while you were awake. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know you said like you don't want people to be afraid or anything like that. Um, but well, physical... we, we can let them interpret whatever. You just give the raw details. We'll let people figure it out for themselves. Yeah. So the the that that whole thing about the missions and stuff, I felt like it was more of like a my energy body it was like leaving and doing things. My physical body would stay here. Um, but the the other encounters where I know I was physically being taken through the wall, you know, the bedroom, you know, and stuff. Um, so it would be like the same thing. I'd go be going to bed, and I'd be either sleeping or, or you know, falling asleep. And instead of like floating up, like the bed would just start like shaking. And I would feel it and it would like that's the house shaking, you know, but like I'm frozen. So I can't open my eyes, I can't look around. But then all of a sudden I would just be somewhere else. And it was like my body would be frozen, but like my eyes, you know, it was like I could see around, you know, like this. And I, I could sense the presence of beings, like almost like a doctor's office. And, you know, it was like I remember being really mentally, mentally uh wanting to challenge everything, you know, if I'm restrained, I would mentally try to get get out of it. And to the point where they found it hard to keep me const- like constrained. And it was like, they would be so annoyed, these beings near me, that, you know, it was like they were angry at me, but there would always be like a, a presence of another behind them, larger. And like, as much as these ones would be annoyed and angry, this larger, larger, like, being would be impressed, you know, like, go ahead, get out, see if you can get out, you know, like, and, and as I would, it would like, they, they were impressed by that. Were these grays? I, I would say something like, like insecty, like gray, maybe. Okay. Something like that. More like insectoid than gray. Yeah. Oh, well, maybe like the smaller ones were like some kind of like a, like a drone ant or something hmm. feeling. Um, and this was like a traditional abduction experience you felt that you were being restrained? What's that? Was this like more a regular abduction experience where you, this was kind of like not part of your missions? This is part of being restrained for some purpose? Yeah, like my physical self would be taken fully. And it wasn't just my spirit or anything. This was like, I wasn't incarnating anything else. Um, this was me, you know, and I'd be on the table and these little ones would be around me almost like they were the workers. And they would be tasked with doing, you know, taking samples or it was always like a feeling of extreme frustration where I would want to break the bonds and they would put, go deeper. They would put it harder on me, you know, and I'd try to get out and try to communicate with them in my mind and stuff. And, you know, like really resisting the experience to the point where I feel like they would just put me out completely. Hmm. And like, I feel like even in that being out that my energy body would would still want to wake out, you know, take out. And I remember being like above my body and looking down and there being like tubes, like going into like into my throat, like maybe keeping me, I don't know what it was, but yeah, it was not something I liked, you know, it was something I definitely didn't like, but at the same time, like I said, there was, there was always the presence of a, like an elder or a, a larger energy presence there who would, who would want to reward me. You know, even like the harder I would be, the, the, you know, even cause them damage, the little ones damage, um, you know, kicking or screaming and fighting. It was like the elder one, like he, he wanted that. He, he was like, they were interested in that, that anger that I felt that 
you know, it, it was like respected, you know, like, wow, like this is, this is a good one. Um, you know, and at the end of it, it was like, they would take, then I'd always be given something, you know, not physical, but like, like they would put something in where they had taken something out. And I feel like as I got older and, you know, got into this stuff, looking and researching and stuff like the, the idea that even in religious times, there would be certain people would be given gifts of knowledge or, you know, um, enlightenment or something like that. I feel like I've been given rewards as a result of this experience too. So for what they took, they would give, whether it was like a karmic balance type of thing, you know, or something like that. But yeah. So what do you think they were trying to take from you? Um, I think that they were, I think that they were impressed by my ability to interact with them mentally, psychically, spiritually, my ability. I think they wanted that. Um, my emotional range, you know, it, even when I, there wasn't like an abduction experience, they were still in touch with me like throughout the day as a kid, as a little kid. It was like the little, the little guys it was like, there was always at least three of them. And they were always like, like if I reached out in my mind, they were there, you know, and, and I grew up on a dead end street and there was a Creek that ran around that dead end street. And, you know, I would always wake up early before everyone else and just get out of sleep. You know, I hated sleeping and everyone else would be sleeping. And I would, I would write a note and, you know, leave a note for my mom and my dad, you know, I'm going down the Creek. I'm going to play by myself and I'll go down to nature. And I would, you know, and it was like, they were always there. Like in my mind, they were always watching over me. And, you know, they, they, they would communicate like through, through that way, like through my mind. And I know that they had a deep interest in my human emotion and they wanted that. They, 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 they didn't have it like empathy and love and that, and they wanted to understand more about that. And I feel like as just me personally, with my family and stuff, we've always been a really highly emotional, loving, warm family. And I don't know, maybe they, they just, it was something rare, you know, even growing up having friends, it was like meeting friends and their families and stuff. It was like, they didn't have it. Like, like I had it, you know, I was kind of spoiled that way. I had really good parents and a good structure like that. And I was loved. My grandparents lived right next door and I was always surrounded by love and, and light and stuff. And I don't know, maybe I was just a good, a good sample, you know, that they could, could gather from and, and learn from. Do you think there were genetics? taking that kind of interest too. Yeah, I, I know for sure there was there were they they were taking samples of me and at the end of it cuz it did come to an end at age 11 they they stopped it all stopped um but before that there was like um there was like a sexual experience like female energy and you know I would wake up and it was like you know, I had had sex and I didn't even really at that age know really what that was all about. And, you know, it was like I expected to, you know, be like wet and stuff and there nothing. And it was like, whoa, you know, like I know what, you know, but it was like it was like they did it because they had to not because they were trying to hurt me, but because it was just like a part of the science or, or you know, like I always <laughs> after I got older, I said, maybe I am the clone, you know, <laughs> it's like. Mm -hmm. So I don't, I don't know, you know, it was like, the, I feel like there's science involved, you know, as much as there is spirituality and stuff. And, and I feel like they're learning and somehow they aren't like, we're special as a race. 
as a human race. I feel like we have something that is coveted out there. Um, one other story before we move on, I guess I wanted to cover was you mentioned going down to the creek, um, and uh, you had, you had to share a story about astral projecting down there. Sure, was that a common place you would visit for yeah. connecting? Yeah. So this was always my safe, my my place to go. Um, I would go down the creek, and I always love fishing and and the idea of like you know catching other animals and stuff like the exploring nature and that and there was a spot in the river it was called bedrock there was a giant rock and where the current bent around the the end of the street there and it was like a little rapids waterfall area where on the side where i would sit it was like the it was like silt like egyptian silt it was like real rich dark soil and i found that the fishing right there was really good so i'd always cast my pole and you know put it down on the ground on my feet and then i would crouch down you know, and like hug my knees, like almost like a fetal position. And then I put my, my hand like this and it would always, I would always look at my hand and say, this is, this is not my hand. This is like an alien hand. This doesn't look right. And I would stare into my palm and then I would like ask, I would, it would be blackness. And then I'd, and I'd be gone. And then all of a sudden I'd hear my mom ran, you know, call me for dinner. And it's like, I just got here. Like, this is like, six, seven in the morning. And all of a sudden, you know, lunch or whatever, it's like hours had gone by. So, you know, I don't know if that was like just natural for me to do that, but sometimes when it wouldn't work, I remember I'd look at my hand and I'd say five fingers and I would, I would cover up my pinky and I would look at my hand as if it had four fingers. And then I would stare at my palm and it was like immediate. And I would remember, like I would go to this, you know, it was almost like, um, like a memory of being a different being that had would, four fingers. Yeah. And then that it would be, be immediate, you know, and I don't know if that called them or, or, or if that did something, but seeing the four fingers somehow felt more natural than the five. <laughs> and so you, you would go off and just have astral projections all day. Yeah. I would just be gone. You know, it was like, like I would put the fishing pole by my feet or under my foot or something. So if I got a bite or something, I would feel it and then it'd all of a sudden be back. But yeah, I was like missing time. I, I don't really have a memory about where I would go or what, but I do know that when I would leave, this is weird to say, not that this isn't all weird, but um, when I would leave to go back up, to go home, as soon as I would turn my back on the creek, I would feel a presence suddenly, like it would make me scared. And I remember after so many times, I remember feeling it out and I would question it. Like, what is this? What are you? And it, I felt like it was coming from the water. And after so many times of this happening, I remember having like a communication of, of like where I would connect with whatever it was. And it would, I could, I could tell that whatever this was had to hold itself back from attacking me or the feeling of wanting to attack me when my back was turned Almost like uh, like a like a, a predator would wait for a prey animal to turn around before it would attack. But I don't feel like this thing ever wanted to attack me. I feel like it was fighting its own instinct not to, knowing that I wasn't a prey item, you know, but it would still feel that when it saw me turn around that vulnerability. And I would be, I would feel fear like instant, like I'd be down there for hours. I'd feel no fear at all. But the second I turned my back to leave, all of a sudden I would get real, real afraid. But I never, you know, nothing ever happened, but eventually I, I had some kind of communication where I knew that that's what that was is whatever was there with me 
was fighting its its own be- instinct or behavior that that urge to attack when you know something turns us back you know so yeah, that's inter- it's an interesting to me that we never really know how many types of beings we are interacting with when we're having one experience there could be just another type of being right there observing the whole thing too right yeah yeah or, or you know I, I think as humans too i think that we're all connected as a planet even in our thoughts and stuff we're all connected there's like a grid like a cloud they say now um but it's doesn't it's not just limited to our planet you know we're we're in tune with all of these things that are out there way beyond our own little lives and when we have these experiences and stuff i feel like it attracts the attention of other things yeah i would love to go into more of your your school uh, experiences or later later on in your life now um do you have anything that comes to mind of um anything worth sharing about your earlier school experiences um yeah so like in in high school <laughs> it was like um i don't know if this was intentional or if it just happened you know if this is just the way of the world that what happens when we sleep but the people who i knew from school and stuff like i would be able to communicate with them while i'm sleeping and I would find them while we're sleeping and go on adventures and everything else, like in our astral bodies. And I I was aware, you know, it was like I was aware and they were aware and we'd have great times. And I, you know, share these experiences and then wake up. And it was like, I knew it happened. But then when I'd see him in school, it was like, there was no one there, you know, it was like, hey. And it was like, but somehow they, it was like a part of them knew that I was there like as, like a, as a, I don't want to say like a mentor, but like that I was a friend, you know, and it was like, you know, it was like, I, I feel like I know you like more than I know you, you know, it's like instant closeness with people, um, especially girls. <laughs> yeah, I should share that I had that I had that very strongly with you when I first met you. It's like I, I had difficulty with you trying to tell me we had not met before. I was really struggling. It's like I can hardly believe that. <laughs> yeah, because we have met. Yeah, <laughs> we have, you know, it's it's just. And and I don't think this is special. Like, I don't think I'm special in this. I think we all do it, you know? And then we have those little moments where it's like, hey, I was just thinking about you. That's so weird that now you're here. It's like, to me, that's just, I I understand that completely, you know? And I think people are starting to realize what that is, you know? Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was like, in the waking hours, it was like intoxicating, you know? <laughs> it's like, like I said, especially with girls, you know? It was like, in school, I always had friends that were girls, and it was like, I was friends with the guys too, but there was something in the guys where like, they kind of didn't like me. <laughs> I don't know if it was like a jealousy thing or, or what, but you know, it was like, people always came to me for advice, you know? And it was like, I could just, I could see their problems. I knew exactly what was happening. I would ask them questions about at home, what it was like for them at home and stuff like that. I was able to really quickly diagnose, uh, diagnose other people's problems and give them exact advice that they needed. And they'd come, you know, the next day or, or the next week or whatever. And they'd be like, Hey, I tried to, I did that thing. You told me, man, thank you. You know? And it was like, that felt great. I always felt like that was what I was here to do. Like that was like my, my calling on earth was to just help people and, and bring people together and, and solve conflict and stuff. So. Great. Yeah. Um, so I would love to hear about the, the story where you were, um, seeing a bright light outside in the middle of the night. That would be a great starting point. That might be one of the first stories you ever shared with us too, I think. Yeah. That was a really good one too, because it wasn't just me. It was like entire city blocks. 
Um, this was early 2000s. It was in the winter months. Um, it was snowing. And I grew up on, like I said, the dead end street. And it was like my grandparents, my parents' house. And then later in life, in my teenage years, I had an aunt that had bought the third house on the other side of my parents. So I ended up getting an apartment. The first time I left my parents' house, I rented the apartment upstairs from my aunt. And it was great. You know, it was like a little, little loft upstairs. And there was this crawl space upstairs. If I climbed through this cubby, where I could go up there and I, there was enough room to stand. So being a teenager and stuff, I was like, oh, I want to, I want to grow some weed, you know? Um, so I was doing that. I was, I was growing weed there and, you know, I've been up there dozens of times, all the time and never any problems. But this one night, it was late at night. I don't want to say between midnight and 1am and I was up there doing my thing. And all of a sudden I felt fear. Like somebody was up there with me and looking in the back, you know, where it was real dark. And I felt in my mind, the little guys, I was like, Oh my God, they're back. And it made me afraid. All of a sudden I felt fear and I was looking back. I thought I would thought when I looked back, I would see him, but I didn't see anything. And as soon as I looked back like that, all of a sudden my phone rang downstairs, you know, underneath where the ladder was. So obviously I jumped down. I wanted to get out of there. So I jumped down and I answered the phone. And it's my mom and she's, she's freaking out. And it's my, my dad and my mom. I can hear my dad in the back. And what time of day was this? It was like late at night, like between midnight and 1am. Is that very weird that they were awake then? Yeah. For my mother, not my father. My father was a night owl. Um, What'd they say? So there, I could hear it in their voice. They're, they're afraid. And then Randy, Randy, look out the window, look out the window. I run to the front and I open the blinds and what should be completely black night is bright as day white white light like not sunlight but like the the cool fluorescent bulbs not the warm ones like the bluish white the cold bulbs is like that but it's like daytime and it's snowing i man i grabbed my coat and flew down the stairs i was out of that house i was going it was like a little kid i was like i wanted my mommy <laughs> so like i ran like to go to my parents house right when i got outside all of a sudden i wasn't afraid anymore and right in the middle of the houses i stopped I fixed my coat. I'm just still getting my coat on and I'm looking up and I could see the snowflakes and I could, this is white light. And I could hear this hum like a mm, 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 like that. And I'm like, what is this? So I go to my parents' house and they're like, what is going on? You know, and they're like, is it the aliens? You know, and it's like, and then come to find out it was the first moment my father had ever touched a uh, a computer. He, he my, you know, he's always brought bothering my brother. Hey, can you look this up? Can you look this up for me? Can you look this up for me? It was the first time where my brother was like, can you sit down? I'm going to show you how to do this. And he said, as soon as he touched the keyboard, that's when it happened. All of a sudden, boom, white light through the through the, the windows and everything. So I don't know if that's like <laughs> something going on there or what. But this lasted for about 15, 12, 15 minutes at least. And I remember I was so, we were all excited. You'll forget what time it was. It didn't matter. I immediately got on the phone and I called my buddy Jarrett who had lived about five or six blocks away. And he, he answered, he, I knew he was up and he answered, he's like, did you see that? And he's like, well, I'm calling to see, you know, and it was like, you seen it too. So this is like a big thing, whatever this was, it was big. And it was exactly like daytime. It was as bright as day, but it wasn't like, I don't know how to explain this. It's like when, when the sun is, is shining, it's like a warm reddish light. 
This was not had no warmth, no reddish at all. It was like a fluorescent bulb. Mm-hmm. Like the, I don't know, you go to the store and you look at the bulbs, there's like the cool white and then the warm red, or the yeah. cool blue and the warm red. This one, they had like that bluish fluorescent, you know, like office. Yeah. Kind of. it, wasn't, it wasn't the sun. So do you think that the, if there was a ship above you, that the the snow kind of obscured your ability to see it, or you think it was invisible? Um. Yeah, it might have been invisible. I just remember looking up and I could see the snowflakes coming down still. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, so I guess <laughs> I guess your your parents could still verify this story to this day. Do they have any interpretations right. about what they think it was? They'll tell you the exact same story, the exact same energy and everything. We were all like exactly on the same page. We've always been like exactly the same, you know? Uh-huh. That's great. Um. I guess I should let you finish. Was there any other details to that story? Um, so my father worked for the city, the municipality there. Mm-hmm. So next day going to work, he obviously asked around. And the firemen confirmed they got calls from all over, you know, and it was it was not like uh, exclusive to us. This happened in a large area, you know, and a lot of people saw it. So yeah, very interesting. Um, but but it kind of was associated with the you said the little guys. Yeah, well, who were these little guys? Were these the ant people? I feel like it was even smaller ones. Hmm. You know, I, I feel like like back when I was little, and they would take me out of my bed. They would be standing next to me while I was on the surface surface of like a table, and I feel like they were probably like three and a half, four feet. But I feel like these little guys were like one and a half, two feet maybe, like little little guys, and and like I said, it was it was just I felt the fear before I could. It was like I saw them in my mind, but I felt the fear before that happened. You know, so they popped into your head, and did they did they have anything to say to you, or was it just kind of just this random flash of experience? No, it was like a, it was just, it was just so weird because I felt. All of a sudden, I just felt afraid. I had no idea this was going on outside, that there was bright lights. And then there, it was like the, the image of them in my head. And then I was just so, I feel like I just panicked, you know? Like maybe if I, maybe, and then maybe that's why when I was a kid, it was like they would put a freeze on me, you know, because it was like, as a human, I just panic, you know? And when I didn't, when I was in control of my emotions, I just wanted to, to flee, you know, fight or flight. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, we can move on to uh, other stories. Um, I love I love that story. Uh, um, I guess we can move on to um, you were talked about um, the silent screams that you discovered. How old were you when that happened? So this was this was the same apartment around the same period of time. This was after nine eleven, and you know that happened, and I immediately was like, I I gotta. Pay, we got to pay attention. Like, this is crazy. You know, this is like history. So I started paying attention heavily to politics and watching C-SPAN and all that stuff. And, you know, I felt like there was something more to it. So I, I started- You had a premonition about 9-11 too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I was, I was just so frustrated. It was like, I could see things when I would watch these politicians talk or, you know, George Bush giving these speeches and stuff. And it was like, I, I could see through them. Maybe one of the gifts they gave me, I don't know, but- it was like I could read between what they were saying 
and I could, I could, I knew what the truth was. And I would go to my parents and I would try to specifically my dad. I would try to explain to him, you know, Hey, this is people don't see it, but this is what's going on. It's not right. And I would try to get, I could dump it all on him. And it was just too much for him. Even he's, you know, you know, and it just got frustrating and no one really talked to that understood it. So I just remember going home. It was like the one night and I was so frustrated. I just wanted to scream. And I was in my upstairs there. I'd just gotten back from my parents' house and I wanted to scream so bad. And like all these thoughts in my head that I couldn't get out. And I knew if I screamed that not only would the neighbors would probably hear me, my aunt downstairs would hear me, you know, it would be like, you know, I can't, I'm a grown guy now. I can't just be screaming like that. So, but I had to do, you know, my parents, when I was little, they used to tell me, go, go, you go scream into your pillow. You know, when you're, when I was a little kid, they'd make me go scream in my pillow. So I wanted to do that. So I was in the middle of the room from the living room to the kitchen. And I just, I like let out like a silent scream. Like, like I screamed, but I didn't let any sound come out. And in the process, it wasn't just me screaming. It was like, kind of like getting all my thoughts out with the scream, you know, like, like, it's almost like um, you can almost like shrink wrap all your thoughts and like try to get it out, you know, like that. And I did one of those, like, like, like one of those and boom, the power went out. Everything black. Again, I was like, did I just do that? And what time of day was this? This was at night. It was night. It was probably eight or 9 PM. Cause then I'd come home. I'd, I'd play video games. And so I remember like, Oh crap, did I just blow out the power? You know, so I wanted to go and see if any of my parents did. I was like, did I just do this? So I was going to go again to my parents' house and see. And again, I stopped right in the middle of the houses. I had a feeling like, just stop. Don't go over there. You know, they were not going to understand anyways. So I just, instead of going there, I went into their backyard. There was a willow tree. And I just leaned up against the tree. And I was like shaking, you know, like, like vibrating. Like, did I just do this? What, what you know? So... I was still frustrated. So I said, well, if I did it, I'm going to do it again. Cause I could see like across the way, there was another street and I could see the power was on over there. So I was like, if I did that, I'm going to do it again. So I tried to do it again. Like, like, you know, let it all out, get it out. And boom, the street lights blew out on the street, like across the Creek and the transistor on a pole blew up sparks. Like, <laughs> I was like, I was like, am I an X-Men? Like, what the heck is this? <laughs> Were you in your 20s when this happened? Uh, yeah, I was like right around 20. Yeah, I was like right around 2002, three. Yeah, yeah. When you shared that in the meeting, I shared a story. I had a similar experience with an LSD experience. I probably don't have to share, but yeah, it's like, I, I know this is real, that we have some weird energetic thing. People know it all the time with, with technology failing, just little bursts of emotion can cause your computer to crash. Just little and, and light bulbs to go out. This is, this is not entirely uncommon, but maybe not to the extent that you've experienced it. Yeah, brother. Um, similar, similar things have happened with my brother. Um, he was in a band. He still is. Um, and he was recording. They were doing something with the band, and and he was. They were writing a song, and he said he was frustrated because they weren't listening to him like what he wanted his input for the, the song. And at the time he was so young, my mom would drive and pick him up and stuff. And my dog at the time was in the back seat of their car or my mom's car when she went to pick him up and he was coming out of band practice. And all of a sudden my dog started barking at him. Like she didn't recognize him and they thought this was weird. And then he got in the car 
And as soon as he sat down, all the car instruments and stuff started. Woo, woo, woo. It was like the radio was woo, 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 everything. All the lights were going out and stuff. And he said they even after the ride home, he got home and he went to put the CD in and everything. Nothing would work. And it was like so. Yeah, it's not like just me. You know, this is something I feel like we we have. You know, the ability to. Yeah, we are energy beings, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Um. So. Was there anything else relating to this you wanted to share? Um, um no, not not really. I guess, I guess isolated things. You know, um, I try not to to focus on that because I don't want to blow out TVs. Yeah. Or <laughs> yeah. Um. So, have you seen UFOs directly? Yeah. Yeah, I've definitely seen UFOs. I've had quite a few experiences actually. Um, there was a couple experiences where they were like uh, silverish diamond shapes. I've seen. Um, I remember driving to work. I used to work at uh, Office Max and uh, early morning getting there and driving to work. And I remember like in the distance, maybe two, three miles, between two and four miles, you know, way in the distance, I could see like a giant, I don't want to say it was a cigar shape because it might've been like a circular shape and I could just see the peripheral, but it was like a long skinny and it was just cruising, man. And it was like, it was cruising in such a straight line that like it was like fixed. You know what I mean? It wasn't like trying to go anywhere. It was just real slow, just cruising. I'm driving, you know, trying to keep my eye on the thing. And um, I get to work and, you know, after I'd lost it behind the trees and whatnot, I made it to work. And like all that day, I, could, I felt like I'm, I'm like they're connected. Like I could, you know, like they're there, like in my head again, you know? And it was like, okay, you guys are there all the time. You know, and it's like, <laughs> they're not always personally there, you know, but they're always up there. I feel like they're always there. Do they have a particular vibration compared to others? Do you know the different vibrations of the, the feeling that you're talking about of who who is there? Um, so like the, so like that doesn't always come like if I see things, um, but that time it did like where I felt like there was like, if I thought like I could hear them in there, you know? That, I don't know, you know, all the sightings I've had, and I've had quite a few sightings because I'm always looking. You know, people don't look. I feel like if you look, you're going to see stuff, and people just don't. They're just, they're down here, you know, and it's like I've always, ever since I was little, always, you know, looking around. And, you know, my parents were a little different. You know, they, they didn't tell you things weren't real. You know, it was like, I'm going to go find a leprechaun. Okay, man, go, go ahead. Go outside and find one. You know, it was like they just encouraged that. It was like they didn't say, oh, that's not real, you know. And put you in a box my parents were like okay go ahead you nice. know so i grew up with like my mind was open to you know what i mean yeah do you think your parents have kind of been believers in the ufo subject for a while so it's funny you say that my mom was was never like into this stuff so much as my dad was and my dad's father even my my grandfather they were always like talking about angels and they were really into the Bible and my grandparents and stuff, Bible studies and all that stuff. They were always open to that stuff. And my dad and my uncle were always, you know, listening to like Art Bell and stuff like that. And um, <laughs> like, I remember as a kid, like my dad would tell me stories, you know, even as I'm little, you know, about King Solomon, you know, and the, the two women that claimed the baby was theirs. And the King Solomon said, well, I don't know. One of you is lying. I don't know which one of you is telling the truth. So I'll split the baby in half and you can each have half. And the one woman said, okay, go ahead. And the other woman said, no, no, no. Okay. Give her the baby. He said, that's how King Solomon knew the real mother. 
you know, these are the kind of stories I would hear as a real little, little guy. So, you know, my dad was always like really, you know, a deep thinker and conversationalist and stuff. And, you know, even like, this is weird, but like, even I have memory of seeing my mother and father before I was born. And I remember like not wanting to come into this world again. (laughs) And I remember being convinced to come because of my father. I remember saying like, I like him. I'm interested in him. And I'll come here to, to be with him and teach him. You know, of course, my dad did not like to hear that growing up. You know, when I was little, that I came here to teach him. But <laughs> when do you think you first said that to him? When I was little, like real little. <laughs> and uh, maybe you should share the story. What, what were your first words? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I, I don't have this memory, but this is a story that my, my dad would out, you know, he told me I was in the car seat, real little. And my parents were driving from Buffalo over the Skyway, like coming into into the city. And um, from the back seat, from the car seat, I said, "I'm an alien." And I did what? And he almost swerved off the road. <laughs> it was like my first, you know. It was like, what did he just talk? Like, what? He's an alien. What? That's you great. Know, so let's continue on the the thread now of uh, around your birth experience. So you you do remember right before you're born and all the way up to birth. Yep, I remember. I remember before coming here, and I remember a, there was an agreement, like a contract that had to be agreed to before I came. And I remember there was there were beings that wanted me to come. They said they they assured me that this experience wouldn't be like the others. And they said, all we need is for you to be there and your presence alone will help to shift the, the, the scales in, in our fit in, in the, the favor of good. I said, that's all we need you to do this time is just be, just go down there and be, we'll make it easy for you. You won't have to do much. Just, just go down there and be yourself. And that'll be enough. That's all we ask. And I remember saying, no, and I'm not doing it again. And I was in this, I want to say like a craft, a satellite above the earth. And I remember laying on this cold surface looking. I don't know if it was like a, like a glass panel. And I was pressed up against it looking at the earth. And and I just like, I'm not doing this again. Like, I, I don't want to come down here again. And that's when they showed me my parents and assured me everything would be different. And I remember agreeing to losing all my memory and starting fresh and not having any advantage or anything. And I also remember them knowing that in my head, listening to this, I I knew that I was like, yeah, okay, I'll remember things, you know, because, you know, being who I was, somehow I knew that I would be able to have this memories and just being confident. And they were like, okay, okay. And then as soon as I agreed, okay, fine, I'll do it. It was like, bam, instantly, like I'm, I'm, I'm there, like I'm being born, like that's it. I'm, as soon as I agreed, it was like, bam, instantly. And I was down here again. But yeah, I have memory. I have memory from even before this life, you know, traces of different existences and stuff. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of people who have reported that kind of thing. And that, yeah, I mean, it, it does seem like the, the the mission of the wanderers or the star seeds really is just a vibrational thing where it's literally just, just, just adding a little bit of a higher vibration through being here is what it is. It's without any specific agenda. It's just to to be of service or help with that that loving vibration that seems to be what we're coming in with. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's like there's a there's a, there, and this makes more sense now than ever because looking at the world today, you know, and it's like we're really teetering, you know, it's like we're teetering between like I don't want to say good and evil, but like it does feel like there is like a balance going on, and that there are forces trying to push and there are forces that are trying to pull, you know, and it's yeah, it makes sense now. It didn't when I was little, but it does now. Yeah. So let's go back even further now. Do you have um, memories from previous lifetimes, do you think? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, so previous lifetimes on Earth? Um, Either. And off Earth. Or, yeah. or inner Earth, maybe. Um, I do have a memory of like a subterranean dwelling where I wasn't a human. And this, this dwelling felt very underground and secure. Like it was in, like, I liked it. Um, and like the, I can, I can, I can see like the room, you know, what we would call like a kitchen today, but it was like all in one. It wasn't just like a kitchen. It was like everything. And it was like, everything was like a real drab, like uh, speckled, color you know it was like a i don't want to say like stone but it was like stone like a speckled stone and the, the lighting on this building in the inside where i lived was like a recess light like a back backlit like have you ever seen those uh like frosted glass ornaments or christmas decorations where it's like the lights inside and like it emanates from inside and like the outside's like a like actually like this like this candle like that that's what that's what the the whole inside of the the, the dwelling was like and I remember it feeling like like I never need to leave this this place you know it was like this was my like where I lived and I remember my my skin was like a bark like a tree bark material hmm. so that that's like definitely one one memory of yeah yeah that's that's very interesting I mean there's been many reports across the history of ufology relating to like beings that are more like plant-like in their nature even though they're kind of humanoid and they can walk around they still have that that sort of genetics from plants more so than what we think of as mammals yeah yeah it was definitely not a human <laughs> that's for sure i don't know if it was like on a different planet or in this planet maybe in a different age i'm not sure um but yeah that that's one um you know i i have memories of like like what we would call like the Egyptian times. I don't know if it was like, like if it was like Egypt as like that in this life, I don't know if I would have called it Egypt necessarily, but like I have a memory from like that time period that actually there were remnants of that life that came out in this life when I was little, like when I was little in this life, I real little, um, he's always like fight with my brother and stuff, wrestle around and stuff. And I always felt like if I could get him underneath my feet, that there was somehow I was dominant in that way. And it was like only later in life that I would see like the, the pictures of the Egyptians where there's, they're depicted as on like a, say a boat or something. And then the life forms underneath them were lower forms or like if they conquered like a, you know, a kill or a lion or something, they would always put their foot on, you know, it was like a, like a real primal feeling of like if I could get them under my feet. And I have these memories of being on this boat, you know, barefoot on this boat with a bow and a spear and hunting. 
like and you know fishing and 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 growing things and harvesting crops and irrigation and all that i didn't really know what it meant till i got older and then i started learning about egypt and i was like hey i remember this <laughs> you know, it was like what <laughs> try to tell people they're like what are you, what <laughs> you're imagining that you know but i knew it was real i knew what i remember yeah yeah that seems to be a common one that people have um, that time frame millennium time frame yeah yeah, there was always, I remember a dagger. I remember I had a dagger. It was, I don't know if it was like an onyx, like a black glass or something. It was like real special. It was like an honorary thing. Like it was given to me after some accomplishment. And I remember like, um, I remember entering like this temple, like stone temple, huge. And I remember there being like, uh, like American, did you ever see American Gladiator when you're younger? Yeah. Like going through obstacles and stuff. I remember that from that period. Of like going through obstacles like a maze and then like it's like snakes and bugs and i remember there was even a portion where like i went underwater and there was like i remember seeing like like a crocodile in there and like you had to hold your breath and it was like you die in there like if you didn't find your way out you know you had to find air hmm. i remember all that because i remember the, the extreme panic and fear and all that from that experience and that somehow the, the remnants of that are, are were in me as a kid you know you think that came through at a particular time or is it just kind of bits and pieces that you don't know where it came from? No, it definitely, like when I was little, it was always in there, you know, mm -hmm. and it was like, like I said, seeing the, like, I remember in school getting to that page of, geog of, of geography where it was like, it was just like one page of like the Native Americans and it was like, okay, I want more of this. And you turn the page and then it was like Egypt and it was like one page and it was like, where's the rest of this? You know, because I have all these memories now just seeing that triggered the memory you know it was like okay i remember all this you know and just flood you know all of a sudden just flood i don't know if it was part of the gift i was given of memory little bits of memory i was given as a gift or a reward or what but so um i would like to know more about what how how the contact experiences kind of unfolded and was there something significant that happened when you became, um, you know, like 11 years old at that time frame? So, yeah. So once I hit 11 years old, there was a, it was like a departure. It was like, okay, we got to go now. This is all going to end for you. you. And and what, what, what is all this? Well, who was this that was kind of giving so this like, education? So like all the, the mission stuff, like while I was sleeping, and like all the like abduction stuff and the, the bad, like un uncomfortable samples and all that tubes and all that experiences and stuff. I remember when hitting like 11 years old and then, you know, in like, there's like, a, it was always mental. It wasn't like face-to-face -face communication. It was like spoken through me, like, like my thoughts, but not my thoughts. And it was like, now that you're going to be 11, we're going to leave now and leave you to be you know, to have your human experience now. We're gonna we're gonna step back. We'll never truly leave, but we're gonna leave you now. We're gonna leave you alone, kind of thing. And your work's been done. It was like the feeling of like you can retire now. You know, like you've done enough for us now. We're gonna let you go, you know, and just be a kid and, and all that. And it's like, but they gave me a choice. And it was like, you can come with us if you want, or you can stay and be a you know a human. And I, I I don't know if I chose to go or stay. That's I wonder like if if I'm like some kind of clone and like I went, or uh -huh. or, or if I I think I just chose to stay, 
but I definitely stay because I'm here now. But, um, you know, it was like, I remember it being like sad. Like I didn't want them to leave. You know, it was like, I'll miss you. And it was like, well, we'll never truly be gone. We'll always be here. But, you know, we'll come back from time to time to check on you. And it was like the feeling like every 11 years, we're going to check in with you. Which is weird because when I had the experience with the scream, it was like right around 11 years after that. It was like I was like right around 22, you know, and it was like, I don't know, you know, if like they come back and switch me on and see if I'm ready or or, or what or see where the humanity's at or what. But it's like I remember them saying we're going to leave now. But it was like they would even say, like, you have family here and they're all here and they're all waiting for you. And they're all really proud of you and the work you've done and, and the work you're going to do. But, but, but go live this life, you know, and, and we'll all be here watching you and, and waiting for you. And we'll all be reunited again eventually. And it was like sad. I remember it was like sad, but it was like, okay, you know, and then boom, it was like, it, it just stopped. So then I had everything stopped. Like I was having no more, you know, um, no more missions, like, no, I don't think I was, I mean, I might've been abducted. I don't know. I haven't, I don't have any memory of anything else after that point, really. But like the stuff that I was able, there was like a residual leftover abilities, you know, where like when I'd go to sleep, I could, you know, I could jump, go and jump around and like meet my friends and have all that stuff. But even as I got older, that faded and you know, I got less and less able to do that. But yeah, that's pretty common experience after certain age those 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 kinds of experiences are much harder and i i suspect it's you know layers of our culture that make us sort of more agitated or anxious and we don't have that same childhood innocence and peaceful nature that we can just freely leave our bodies as easily but maybe there's a psychic function too that's just harder to maintain um but i know i know i've heard many stories of people who make efforts um such as with the monroe institute materials to be able to astral project and that kind of thing but i know it's it is much more natural. I certainly had many easy out-of-body experiences, I think, when I was very young. Um, and certainly in the dream state, it's easy to have the flying dreams, you know, where you know you're 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 going around. And did you have a lot of flying dreams as a kid? Yeah, yeah, tons of them. And you know what I and I know, you know, it's like you're 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 dead on. I mean, it's the pressure of the world, you know. It's like you gotta go to work, you gotta pay your bills, you gotta raise your kids, or you gotta, you know, you have all this stuff that when you sleep. You're not like you're, you don't, it's not rest. Like there's a part of you then that kicks on, you know, and it does work. Like you figure out your problems and like your subconscious starts going, you know, and if, if when you're little, your subconscious got nothing else to do, you know, so it just goes out and exploring and, and having fun. But yeah. when you're an adult and stuff is like the pressures of the world, just you got other stuff to do, you know? Yeah. Well, I think, is there any other stories that you wanted to share? Or you don't think we haven't covered yet? Um, I mean, that was a pretty good, that was a pretty good overview. <laughs> that yeah. was a lot of stuff in one hour. That was great. Yeah. Um, yeah I, I could go on and on and on and on, but. Um, so I guess I could, I could, I could share. Thank you so much for sharing all this and, you know, people are going to love this and um, yeah, we can totally ha help you, have you do more content if you'd like to share more in the future too, if yeah. you want to share anything. Um, and um, we, um, yeah, just very excited to have you sharing all this stuff. H had you shared all this before with many people? No, not many. Like, you know, I started to tell you guys some of the stuff with the groups and like my parents, you know, I would tell them stuff and, you know, they just became a part, you know, they were just like, oh, Randy, okay, you know, 
they, they would listen. It wasn't like they would dismiss me or anything, but it was just, I don't know. It was like they they heard it all. You know, none, none of this stuff is probably going to be too shocking if they were to watch this, you know. So huh. I always had them, you know, a um, couple of friends, little stuff here and there, but never really get into the deep stuff, you know, like we did today. And do you feel like it was ever disturbing to you as a kid trying to process all this, all these memories, or were you always very sure of yourself and this is just who I am? No, it was, I, there was never any doubt. Mm-hmm. It wasn't always comfortable. Like I said, the going to sleep and stuff, it was, it was like, like going to work, you know, and it was, it was taxing. You know, it's probably why I got no hair. <laughs> just like a stress, you know, and, and just dealing with, adult things at a very young age. Like, I feel like my soul was maybe older than, you know, than my body here on earth. But like, I even, the very, even little, little guy, like just maybe barely even able to walk. I remember looking in the mirror at myself and crying and saying, what is this? What am I? This is, I'm so ugly. Like being a human was like, this is not who I am. You know, it was like, what is this now? What am I now? Like, this isn't me. You know, what is this? I'd look at my hand and say, what, what is this? You know, it was like, I, I didn't belong in this body. It was like, what is this foreign thing that I am now? <laughs> you know? So it wasn't always fun, but at the same time, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change anything. You know, even the worst of it, it is what it is. And... Do you have any inkling of what your, your prior nature was then besides the four fingered aspect? Do you think you were one of the ant people or do you think you were more humanoid like or more like human looking do you think well there, there there's like all these different chapters in my mind where there were points where i was like human you know like in the i don't know, atlantean or egyptian whatever that was whatever period that was i was definitely a human and then there are the other experiences where where i definitely wasn't you know but still i feel like i was two legs two arms a body and a head you know and yeah. i feel like more importantly the soul was, it was always me. I don't know if that makes sense, but like whether I was, we'll say the Egyptian version of me or the the subterranean alien version of me, or, you know, there was even a memory where I remember getting shot in the back of the head and I was a human then. I mean, I have a birthmark. Wow. You know, where I, I know I got shot in the head in a previous life and and I was a human then, you know, but... I was still me in all of these experiences. It was still me, you know, and, and I think that's kind of comforting too. Is like, I don't think this life is the, the end of anything, you know, you yeah. know another chapter of, of you being you. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I guess this is maybe a good time to, to wrap it up, to make it easier for people to watch a shorter clip this time. Um, but we can also open this up now to the people who are attendees and chat a little bit more with people too. Um, so, um, yeah, I can thank you again for, for joining us, Randy. And, um, I'm sure everyone else is very happy to have that, um, that download of interesting stories. Cause it's like, we, we're always just trying to figure out the, the puzzle pieces of what, what actually is nature reality, what's going on. And, you know, I think so many people have confusing memories from being a kid. They don't know how to put it into a bigger picture, but hearing all these other stories helps people, I think, appreciate maybe they were, you know, a star seed and had, had other things going on and they're they're coming here that makes makes the story make a little bit more sense for them certainly for me it did everything clicked a little bit more um yeah i haven't even shared a lot of my stories yet but it's like 
I, I agree with you spot on that yeah, this is a mission that we're on. And there's been many kinds of missions that we're here for. But ultimately, the main mission is just elevating the consciousness on Earth, elevating the vibration, helping people recognize that we're all we're all one. You know, we're all doing this together. We're here to we're here to try to elevate humanity to the level that makes it possible for people to be more loving altogether. Um, and and what we remember is being a, a nicer kind of planet. We're trying to make Earth that kind of nice kind of planet that we came in with. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you're you're touching on, you know, I feel like. They they they've 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 shown me the the big big picture. I have so much to say. There 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 is a. See, you're you're right on. I mean, as a people, as a planet, we're so divided by governments or by different religions and stuff like that. But it's like, man, every religion has truth. We we know it's like everybody. I always, every religion has a piece of the puzzle. None of them have the big picture, and. They all say the same thing is like, don't hurt one another, love one another. We're all brothers and sisters here. And it's like, did we forget that? You know, why, why all these wars? You know, why all these governments bringing us into wars and, and religious differences, making us fight one another? We're all family. You know, we have to love one another. This is ridiculous. You know, it's like we need to evolve to the next stage. And I feel like that's what some of us are, are like coming here to help raise that that frequency that vibration of of oneness and you know drop the the baloney stop this nonsense you know come together because the average person's a good person you know we just want to raise our our families and love one another and you know eat some good food and and enjoy this beautiful planet and and what what else matters really you know no, nothing else matters you know, and we can all come together on that, you know, and eat good food and share and one another and stuff that it's not hard. You know, it's like, be nice. And my father, he used to get so frustrated with me and my brother. He'd always boil it. I'd say, you two dumbasses. He's like, I'm going to boil it down for you to two words. Can you handle two words? Be nice. That's all you got to do. Just be nice to one another. It's that simple. You know, if we could just do that. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. That's a great place to end the conversation. So thank you again. Yeah. And thank you. Take care, everybody. <laughs>